We all know that angst when there are things we just don't know how to talk about. You know, the things we keep secrets about, like our sexuality. We're Sean and Helena Bonito, and we welcome you to the Secret Habit Podcast. We find it so hard to find couples willing to talk about sex and how to live out God's design for sexuality. This is why we are here, to be that couple for you. Relational challenges around sex can be so awkward to talk about. That is why this podcast is all about authenticity with a heavy dose of fun. We want you to experience hope that inspires change. The kind of change that helps you love stronger, laugh harder, and sex better. Let's go! Hey, today I'm really stoked because I am going to play an audio clip from my favorite video from the Secret Habit Recovery Accelerator, which is my all-in-one coaching system for Christian men who want to find lasting freedom from porn. And like last week, I got to share an audio clip last week. This one is the longest clip in the Accelerator. And for, for in my opinion, it's like the coolest one. It's really inspired by Jay Stringer, Unwanted, the book that really changed my life and a lot of my clients' lives. And I wanted to offer you that content today because I want to give you some inside look, as an inside scope into some of the things we do in the private area of Secret Habit, the paid area. But what I want to do is back that up with that invite like I gave you last week. We now have a free community, a free private community for men who want to belong before they pay or they just want to be around a supportive system that's safe and loving and caring. And that's what the Secret Habit community is going to be. It's a place where you will be able to run with other men, like-minded guys on the same journey. You'll have access to mini courses and live trainings and Zoom calls, all for free. You don't have to become a client to have access to that. So click the link below if you want to join that. I'd really encourage it. Or go to secrethabit.ca slash community. But I'm really excited to roll out this video. It's the six conflicting forces, which dig into things that most guys or most women as well are spinning their heads. Why do I do what I do? This audio clip, I believe, is going to answer some of your biggest questions as to why you do this and why you do that and why you don't do the things you want to be doing. So may this bless you as it has blessed me and so many men that I have worked with. So looking forward to hearing from you in the community. God bless. Enjoy. Hey man, welcome to video three of module five. Today I'm talking about conflicting forces. And in this video, I'm going to be unpacking the six forces that are at the root of your present day struggles. They are easily misunderstood, missed and bypassed by so many men, but when they are named for what they are, you will be given a paradigm shift that is tremendous. This lesson is heavily influenced by my favorite chapter in the book Unwanted by Jay Stringer, and that is chapter eight. So I wanted to dig into that today because so many men that I've worked with have found this to be foundational to language as they live their life and understand their healing journey. And the six conflicting forces that we're going to talk about today are number one, deprivation which is denying yourself the fulfillment of God-given needs and wants, also known as necessities. Number two, dissociation, which is disconnecting and disengaging from thinking, feeling, and remembering. Number three is futility, which is a lack of purpose, 
meaning or motivation. Number four, arousal, which is conditioned and turned on by things of your past. Number five is anger, which when left unchecked becomes controlling and entitled. And number six, talking about lust, when left unchecked becomes selfish and covetous. So let's get into these. Number one is deprivation, which is denying yourself the fulfillment of God-given needs and wants, also known as necessities. We have all been given needs and wants, passions and desires by God. These are good things. We all have basic needs and we all need basic necessities to live. But we all have passions as well and desires that bring us joy, fulfillment, and purpose. And I believe God put those inside of us. God knows we need things like shelter, water, food, safety, clothing, and sleep. Those are literally the most basic human needs. But even with those, how often do you deprive yourself of them? How often do you rob yourself of adequate sleep, a healthy intake of water, or eating three meals a day? We could also add some other really important things in here, like having deep relationships and keeping up with your health. But how often, again, do you rob yourself of staying connected to important people in your life or attending to your health? Now, looking at passions God has placed on your heart, how often do you rob yourself of experiencing joy, fulfillment, rest, or purpose? Maybe you love to play tennis, but never make time to play. Maybe you love to paint but always make excuses as to why you can't do it. Maybe you love to take a hot bath or a hot shower, but haven't taken time to really relax and enjoy one for months. I believe that God is honored when you tend to your soul and find satisfaction in the meeting of your God-given needs and wants. If you're realizing that you deprive yourself in key areas, it's time to become curious and question why you don't make time for the things that you need and enjoy what if you began living your life from what fueled you rather than leaving them for the cracks of time that never come wouldn't that bring a new zest to your life the outpouring from joy rather than trying to earn time to rest and relax and enjoy life this is so crucial to understand because when you deprive yourself of things you want and need you become mentally physically and spiritually burned out and that leads you down the path to numbing with pornography. So that's number one. You can understand why deprivation is so important. It can cause so many present day problems because when you deprive yourself, you're going to eventually go down the path to watching pornography because you're going to feel burned out like your needs don't matter. Number two, dissociation, disconnecting and disengaging from thinking, feeling and remembering. If you're under like the age of 40, you have grown up in a world that literally promotes dissociation on the maximum, like things like pornography, advertising, Xbox, Apple, Netflix, Instagram, YouTube, take one of them. They all have a goal to drag you down the rabbit hole of dissociation. Sadly, when this happens, it's not an isolated event. Disconnecting from your mind and your body begins to affect every area of your life. When you hear message after message telling you, hey, when life is stressful, scary, or, or painful, take a load off with porn, this movie, that show, this game, or that app, it becomes so normal to flee reality. Like 
that's what we do because whatever is happening in this reality is maybe not quite what you thought it would be. Because of this, it will be important for you to pinpoint what in your life equates to you wanting to flee reality. What tires you out, frustrates you, robs you of hope, and makes you feel like a failure. When you begin to see that your life has many unresolved stresses, you will begin to get a clear picture of why you choose to dissociate. Be aware that some of the unresolved stresses may be painful and hard to process. I'm not saying this is an easy step, but I am saying that it's necessary if you want to live in the present moment rather than fleeing reality through escapism. I have mentioned many times by now, and here it comes again. The way you think is crucial and critical to how you feel, act, and live. If you're in the habit of fleeing reality and shutting down your mind so you don't have to think or feel, I'm assuming you can understand the predicament. There is no opportunity for curiosity, compassion, or renewing the mind when you are shut down. I really believe God made us so much more capable than we think we are. The fact that you think you need to escape reality just doesn't align with God's purpose for you. What if you began to live in the present moment, fully connected to your thoughts and your feelings so you could offer yourself what you truly need? Wouldn't that change things for you for the better? And hey man, the good news here is that the choice is yours. But also the bad news is that the choice is yours. If you choose to dissociate, you'll likely find yourself escaping to the familiar poison of pornography. So choose to engage with your thoughts so that you can then feel and act and have outcomes that you actually want. Let's now look at number three, which is futility, a lack of purpose, meaning, or motivation. God made man for a specific purpose. Sadly, Adam sinned and God cursed man, saying that he would toil all the days of his life. Basically, this means that it's easy for us men to move through life without knowing our deep purpose, meaning, or motivation. Proverbs 13.12 says that hope deferred makes a heart sick. When a man feels as if there is no hope in what he does, it literally withers his soul. This is at the core, at the very core, of every man's addiction to porn. When a man lacks purpose, meaning, and motivation in key areas of his life like family, faith, vocation, skills, relationships, and hobbies, and other ones, it eventually leads him down the path to giving up and resigning to hopelessness, which will inevitably lead to watching porn. Do any of these futility statements sound familiar to you? Why bother? It doesn't matter anyway. I'm such a failure. I've tried to quit porn and it just never works. I'm already so far gone. I might as well just go all the way. The enemy knows that this is a weak point for you and us as men. That's why this is such a powerful conflicting force. The enemy wants to hurl lies at you all day long. He wants to keep you stuck thinking that hope is pointless, as Jay talks about in Unwanted. He wants you to believe your life is a mess and that you're too far gone. The TSN turning point is that God thinks differently about you. 
he offers you a new purpose in Jesus. The only catch here is that you have to turn your ears to him to hear him and to trust him. One of the best ways to begin doing this is to ask a very simple question, the very question that God asked Adam and Eve in the garden. Who told you that? This question will begin to sift what is true from what is lie. Being able to pinpoint Satan's lies is one of the greatest steps freeing yourself from the bondage of hopelessness. Imagine for a moment feeling hope again. Wouldn't that feel amazing? I know that God wants that for you even more than I do. So that question, who told you that? Who told you that it's hopeless? Who told you that you lack purpose? Who told you that you have no meaning? Who told you that? Let's look at number four now, which is arousal, which is conditioned and turned on by things of our past. Have you ever wondered why you're turned on by certain things, people, and environments? Or why you're aroused and tempted by things that don't really make much sense? Many men feel a great deal of shame towards their arousal. Like, I shouldn't be turned on by that, or that should be over that, I should know better. And that's why it's a conflicting force that easily keeps men trapped in the addiction to porn. The very word arousal isn't a sexual word. Shocking, right? We see in scripture that God's anger was aroused. Say what? Yeah, arousal is this idea of an awakening. Arousal is an awakening. So with that, what makes you awaken? That's the question. Awakening of anger, of different emotions, of different things. You can get aroused by sexual stimulants and sexual fantasy, but you can also get aroused from things like emotions and memories and anticipation and risk and even the unknown. Arousal is conditioned by what happens to us and around us as we develop in our formative years. It also is formed by what doesn't happen to us or doesn't happen around us when maybe things should have happened. These things could include exposure to porn, neglect, abuse, stereotypes, romantic relationships, movies, pleasure, pain, unmet needs, and loss, and so many other things. When our arousal is set, it begins to shape how we see the world, and in the scope of porn addiction, it literally dictates what turns us on and then dictates what explicit material we seek out. Here are two examples to help you understand how arousal impacts porn addiction. The first one, Joey grew up with a rigid dad who was very strict and rough. Joey always felt powerless, misunderstood, and hurt. Many things in him were aroused. One of them was deep anger. As Joey grew up, he noticed that he was turned on when he saw vulnerable type women, such as a different ethnicity or ones who were younger and petite. One day, Joey came across genres of porn that showed these types of women being overpowered by men. And this storyline played right into his arousal, right into his story of his father. He wanted to reverse what happened to him growing up. So 
he wanted to feel powerful rather than powerless. So he resorted to porn as a way to feel powerful. I'll let that sit for a second. He resorted to porn as a way to feel powerful. Deep anger was aroused. Let's look at a second one. Jan grew up in a home where his parents were emotionally distant. He often wondered if he was even noticed, wanted, or loved. When Jan did something special but received zero attention from his parents, he began to look outside the home for the attention he desired. When Jan realized he could get what he wanted, it felt really good, and a lustful spirit became aroused in him. When he realized he could get what he wanted or needed outside the home, a lustful spirit became aroused in him. He began doing anything he could to get the feeling of being seen, wanted, and loved. This eventually led him down the path of finding genres of porn that depict young men being pursued, seen, and wanted by older women. Jan deep down longed to be seen and wanted by his parents, but resigned to porn as a way to reverse what happened. He resigned to porn that depicted him being wanted, loved, and pursued when deep down he really longed to be long wanted seen and pursued by his parents and that is just another form of how our arousal can really shape and form where we go with things so what he wanted deep down was to be seen and wanted and loved what joey wanted was to be loved and obviously as well but also just wanted to have power and porn gives us avenues that are really unhealthy for those deep needs and longings to get quote-unquote met and we can see how our arousal actually gets hijacked and this is a huge finding for so many men it makes them realize that they're not just some weirdo for being aroused like your arousal makes sense it has been formed without your knowing and it's not just going to change because you all of a sudden think it's quote unquote wrong like it's been formed for so many years and it needs to be understood and dealt with in a healthy manner and this is exactly where you can extend yourself curiosity and compassion and learn the stories behind your arousal so curiosity to learn where is that coming from and compassion giving yourself compassion saying that i can deal with this that this is not shameful this actually makes sense for me i fit right into the story of jan i felt unseen and unwanted growing up and was left to find what i needed outside of the home it caused me to create stories whenever I would find or get around attractive women. I would wonder if they saw me and found me attractive too. Today, whenever I feel aroused by an attractive woman, I make the conscious choice to remember that God made beautiful people and that I don't need her to see me or, or, or want me to fill a void in my life. I also remember that my mind is trying to reverse a painful memory from my past and that very reminder helps to remove the shame and then I, I i just choose to believe that god sees me that he wants me and that is actually truly what i want most that my wife sees me and she wants me and it's that reminder that the enemy wants me to believe shame and be stuck in a past story but god wants me to know the truth and deal with it through his love and his truth of helena sees me and wants me god sees me and wants me i don't need this 
woman to fill a void in my life. And we begin to talk to ourselves like that is compassion. And the curiosity there is the story reminds me of my past when my mom and dad did not see me or want me. So there's a void there and that void needs to be filled. But I know that only God can fill that and Helena can add to that. So it's actually talking to ourselves. That's so important. So the next time you find yourself fantasizing or searching for sexual content, I want you to stop and ask yourself, what story may I be reversing or repeating right now? Because if you don't do that, you will continue to live out of a conditioned arousal that doesn't make any sense to you, which then probably feels shameful, confusing, and it is even overpowering. Now let's talk about anger and lust that they really go together. So anger, when left unchecked, it becomes controlling and entitled, and lust, when it left unchecked, becomes selfish and covetous. So this is five and six. Now it's time to talk about the two conflicting forces that are a bit unlike the other four. The others had emotions driving them, but with these two, lust and anger, they themselves are emotions. I mentioned both of them in the stories of Joey and Jan, so you could see how powerful they are. The reason they go so well together is that lust is fueled by anger. Jay Stranger says that lust is like the battery to a car. It gets the vehicle started, but the car needs fuel to go anywhere. And that's where anger comes in. Far too long, men have thought of porn addiction as a battle of lust. And we have purity culture and some really bad books to blame for that. Yes, lust is an issue. It's a conflicting force, but it goes far deeper than just that. And this is why men struggle to, quote unquote, just stop the lust, because beneath lust is deep anger. I've had so many men tell me that they're not angry people, and this just doesn't make sense. Anger in of itself is an emotion that is very godly. We know God and Jesus both got angry. This is a big deal if we think about it. We all get angry, but it's what we do with the anger that matters most. And in Ephesians 4.26, it says, in your anger, do not sin. So it's not about us not getting angry or not being angry, but it's about what we do with the anger. And anger is felt when something is unfair or unjust. I think you need to hear that again. Anger is felt when something is unfair or unjust. That sounds like planet Earth to me. And given this definition of anger and the world that we live in, everybody deals with anger. So there are two types of men that I know. The men who suppress and avoid their anger and the men who unleash and abuse the anger. Either way, suppressed or unleashed, when anger is not dealt with in a healthy way, it quickly turns into entitlement and control. Because deep down, you want justice and restoration when it doesn't happen. Entitlement loves to rear its head and make you feel like you know better, are better, and would have done things better. On the other hand, when you let anger fester, it becomes all too common to begin controlling, controlling people, situations, or whatever else you can micromanage to really protect yourself. The problem with entitlement and control is that they create a state of pride, unforgiveness, and disconnection that keep men stuck in unhealthy anger. Well, let's circle back to lust and tie this together. 
Jay Stringer talks about lust being the byproduct of an unmet longing. Men long to belong, to know they're enough, and to experience beauty, especially the beauty of women. When a man feels inferior, left out, or inadequate, lust is on the horizon. The Christianese way to say it is to covet, which is wanting something that isn't yours. When you want something that isn't yours and you can't actually have it, it's easy to slide into a selfish state where you kind of just grab at whatever you can to make it feel as if you're not inferior, not left out, not inadequate. An important note here is you can actually lust over virtually anything, not just sexual content. Uh, if, if Remember, like if lust is coveting, then you can covet someone's job, their family, their financial situation, their car. And once you begin to lust after one thing, it becomes natural to begin to lust after other things too. And this is really where lust and anger go together and their partnership thrives. Here's the cycle. You lust over something you want, but can't have it. Then anger of this quote unquote injustice fuels the lust and it becomes selfish and out of control. That's the cycle. You lust, there's anger, it fuels the lust, and then you become selfish and out of control. Can you see how this cycle is playing out in your life? Can you see now that lust goes much deeper and that you are a person with anger, which man, I want you to know is okay to say. And now that you know the cycle of lust and anger, you, you can stop the cycle of lust and anger. I think this is the type of restoration that would bring a great relief to the parts of you that are entitled, selfish, and controlling. Jeremiah 17.9 states that the heart of man is desperately wicked. I think God knows that the flesh becomes entitled and controlling and selfish and coveting. And this is an even deeper reason why we need to always come back to the Lord's love and truth when we sense anger and lust taking over. It's not about avoiding them or suppressing them or saying, I don't have anger. It's bringing them back to the Lord. So there we go. The six conflicting forces that keep men stuck in their porn addiction. To wrap up, I want to give you an exercise and some reflection points to help you break these conflicting forces from running your life into the ground. So here's an exercise. I want you to take, let's say, a sheet of paper for each of the conflicting forces and create a T-chart. The left side will be all the things you do that you that that keep you living out the conflicting force. So deprivation, dissociation, futility, arousal, lust and anger. Left side will be the conflicting force. On the right side, I want you to begin to think about all the things you do or can do to help you move towards being a man of health that would go against being deprived, dissociating, etc. So I'll have an example of that below, but I want you to begin thinking about like, what do I do instead? How do I plan ahead for that? That's really important. And I want to leave you with some reflection questions for each of the conflicting forces. So the first one for deprivation, what brings healthy rest, joy, and pleasure to you? Think about your God-given needs and wants and begin to plan like what is actually pleasuring to you. For dissociation, what can you do to feel connected and present? Think about when you would normally choose to escape. What can you do to feel connected and present instead? For futility, what in life brings you fulfillment and purpose? 
And how will you pursue these things starting today? For arousal, what do you think you really need when you get aroused? Just like Joey and Jan, they needed something. What do you think you really need when you get aroused? Number five, for anger, how can you release control and rest in God's truth and justice? And number six, for lust, what makes you feel as if you belong? So there is an exercise, some reflection questions, and just a bunch of information bringing this all together. I want you to comment below as we wrap up. Let us know what conflicting forces seem most present in your life from what we talked about in this video and why. So lots to unpack there. Take some time to digest this, process this, reflect on it, do the exercise, and looking forward to unpacking these in the group coaching because this is really good stuff that everybody has their own unique story and arousal, but it all has the same template. So man, looking forward to seeing you over in module six. That's a wrap on module five, your present struggles. What a blessing it is to really bring that to uh, fruition and help you have language for what's going on today. And in module six, we're gonna be talking about your past, which will actually be the story that's driving a lot of these present struggles so we can put this together and begin really healing. So man, I will see you over in module six. Hey, thanks so much for listening to that audio clip from the Secret Habit Recovery Accelerator. I really hope you found value in it. I hope there's some practical things you took out of it. And ultimately, I hope that you join the Secret Habit community. That's a safe place for you to heal from pornography, addiction, and other unwanted sexual behaviors. So click the link below, secrethabit.ca slash community. And why not you share this episode, share that link with somebody that you know needs help or really cares about this cause that might want to be a part of an ecosystem, a community that is making a dent in this problem. So God bless. Looking forward to seeing you in the community. Take care.